<laughs> I drew a blank immediately. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the OMG podcast. My name is Marcus G. Um, our guest this week, our guest speak, my co-host, is going to be the one, the only, the Belcher, Jack Paget. Oh, well. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's ever met Jack, he burps a lot. Um, Marcus, I, what, you gonna put me on blast? I'm just, like this I, right here. If, you, if they've ever met podcast. you, I feel like you've burped a time or two in front of them. I think it's a talent almost that you can produce that much gas <laughs> at a whim. It almost seems. Don't um, flatter me like this, Marcus. Don't flatter. I was gonna make a flatulent. Oh, no, it no, didn't no, work. No, no, no. It didn't work, and I'm embarrassed that We're I even said it. Cut that from the record. Um, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome to this week's episode. Like I said, Jack's gonna be my co-host. Um, so let's just go. At, oh, thanks everybody for listening so far. Sorry we took a few weeks off. Uh, life got kind of crazy. We were all a little busy, and then spring break happened. Um, but we are back and better than ever, even though we were pretty great before. Um, so <laughs> yeah. all right, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get into the news. Um, so this is devastating. Um, but also, I think we all saw it coming. Uh, Fifth Harmony is going on hiatus. I don't know if anybody in here is a Fifth Harmony stan. Uh, I am. I like Fifth Harmony. I was very, very involved um, in their career. Uh, when Camilla left, I was kind of like, good riddance. You know what I mean? She does not even have the best voice of the group. Um, and the true queen is Normani. No shade to the other girls. I think they're great as well. But Normani is on the come up. But it is sad to see them really kind of friendly bringing into it. So I just wanted to pay some homage to some notable bops by Fifth Harmony. Boss. They mentioned Oprah. That already made it a bop. Sledgehammer. It's about a hammer. That shit sounded really good. Uh, Going Nowhere. A deep cut on their first album. Super good and scared of happy, which is just very, very emotional. But um, Fifth Harmony's given us a good six or seven years. I think I made that number up. I don't know how long they've been around. Um, but I wish it's kinda, it was five. That would have been. Oh, Fifth Harmony. That would have been. Five years. Yeah. I can that see that. Some... But you know what? They released a, like a um, – an album like kind of like last year i think it was and nobody really listened to it so i felt so bad for them because i was like damn y'all used to really be at the top of the top i haven't were they the ones who did work yeah uh no correct? they did work from home that was a good one work too yeah th so that group really going on hiatus the only way i knew fifth harmony was that video where it's just them saying the word work mm -hmm. for two and a half minutes oh, but it was so good <laughs> damn great oh, video. god i gotta Please i'm gonna go up. listen to a shit ton of fifth harmony tonight because <laughs> now i'm upset about it <laughs> i thought i had gotten over it but i am excited to see what normani does in her solo career um i think she just signed to rca record not rca rock nation record so i'm excited about that anyway so i just had to give a shout out to them because uh we're losing some real ones Next, uh, Rihanna is the literal queen of economics. Um, have you heard about the Snapchat thing? <laughs> I yes. love okay. everything it about up. it. Go. Okay, so Snapchat, uh, who is trash, but what's new? After that update, they already had lost me. Um, <laughs> and then with this, now they've really lost me. But so this ad was able to get through, and it was for this game called Would You Rather? And the ad was asking, would you rather slap Rihanna or punch Chris Brown? Now, Rich. if you've been around Excuse or alive me. at all, um, you know, Chris Brown and Rihanna have a past where he uh, got he abused her. What year was it? It was before the Grammys. I just can't. I want to say 09, but I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, Chris Brown and Rihanna had a very public domestic violence dispute. And Chris Brown has gone on to continuously abuse women. How he still has fans, I do not know. But uh, he's proven himself to be a serial abuser. So Rihanna saw this and called it out and was like, Snapchat, uh, what are you doing? She was like, now, it doesn't bother me because I don't really have feelings like that, which I also thought was an iconic line uh, because Rihanna was like, 
this ain't even about me. I'm Rihanna. It doesn't matter what you say. But she was like, but you're shaming domestic violence victims, and you're making you're making light of like a very very serious thing. So um, so she called them out, and their stock dropped four percent, and they've lost eight hundred million dollars in market value. Um, Rihanna just shut down Snapchat. That's it. She said, throw the whole app away. And that's what we're doing. Uh, as a collective country, uh, we're listening to our president, Robin Rihanna Fenty, and we are throwing away Snapchat. Um, which, again, I just think they, they played their cards super wrong because the update already had people kind of like, I'm not going to use it. And it's the whole explore page is makes so me want to die a little bit. <laughs> a lot. A I lot of that. it, actually. I get that so I think much. every time I scroll to the right, you know, and you see the BuzzFeed one, and it mm-hmm. says something like, 21 jokes that only girls with big boobs will get. <laughs> and it says that six times a week. <laughs> yeah, it's always – it's the same thing. It's very frequently the same it, thing. And then, like, I don't think – I lose you know, my faith in humanity I don't every even time. think they let you choose because sometimes mine is, like, littered with the Kardashians, and I'm like, I yes. have no what? interest. Um, I've talked about this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fair weather fan, but for the most part, I don't want to see the Kardashians on my Snapchat. So I don't even know how they how they decide what to put up there. And then I watch stories sometimes, and I'll think, oh, this is recent. Like I know when this happened. And I look, and it was like 32 hours ago or some stupid shit like that. So I'm like, it's not even in chronological order anymore. Which Instagram took the chronological order away, and we were so unhappy about that. That's why we got to put our money where our mouth is and stop using Snapchat. Um, but I'm fake because I'm going to use social media no matter what. Um, who am I kidding? I'm a millennial, and I love being online. So that's that. Um, next, this one really shook me up. Beyonce had the audacity, the pure gall to announce a concert. Um and the reason why I'm so upset is because I didn't follow my own rule. I've always told myself as a Beyonce fan, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And by that, that really means have a separate fund set up for when the, for when the concert tickets are announced. That way, you're not having to wait. You don't have to kind of, you know, wonder if you're going to get it. Because so many Beyonce fans, they do just that. Like when the tickets drop, they're ready. There's no question about whether or not they're going. You, and here I am. You do not know the hour. The Lord is coming. You don't. You, you never you really, really do. You really don't. That, being a Beyonce fan is the most stressful thing in the world because she will just drop something at any moment. So we kind of knew it was coming because there are a couple signs. You know when Beyonce's getting ready to leave something. One. She had her braids in last fall. When Beyonce put them braids in, I mean, she's sitting at home. She was like, kind of like Kanye when he has his MacBook. You know he's working on something. Beyonce's the same. She has that laptop. I think it's like a blue or a black cover, so you really know. But that means she at home. She in the studio. She working. Things are coming. Okay? But then the tour accidentally got announced like a week or so early, and then they pulled it down. It was on her Facebook page oh. and on Live Nation, which somebody lost their job because Beyonce Riots doesn't play ensued. that. Beyonce does not play those games at all. So, um, but so that mean we kind of saw, we were like, okay, all right, y'all, we need to get it ready. And I, I didn't pay attention. I was like, oh, nah, she's going to give us more time. I played my damn self because then she had the, then she announced the tour. And I was like, Marcus, you've got a good two quarters to your name. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So now I don't know if I'm going to get it, be, be able to go. And it's devastating. But Beyonce really wants us to forgive Jay-Z because it's like a joint tour. I'm not trying to see Jay-Z. I'm just not. She has forgiven him, but I have not. I am still very, very upset about it. Um, and then also, I mean, I respect Jay-Z, you know, for what he's contributed to hip-hop culture, da-da-da, but I'm not, like, an avid Jay-Z fan. 
But she keeps trying to spoon feed him to us. And I'm like, Beyonce, you got to understand. These tickets are selling because of you, sis. Okay, we're coming to come see you. She was in Jamaica. Uh, they, they were both in Jamaica these past few days. And I watched some of the videos. And they're both on this motorcycle. But everyone's just screaming Beyonce's name. No one's saying Jay-Z. And I'm like, damn, Jay-Z, you suck. <laughs> Poor you, but you just suck. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I feel all that bad, but whatever. So, uh, Beyonce, you would have my coins if I had them. You know that, sis. You know that's not even a question. <sighs> but I don't have them, so maybe I'll be able to catch you next time around. Or maybe a true miracle will fall out of the sky. I'm still not hoping, but I'm surprised she hasn't sued us for sampling her song at the beginning of this. Um, but maybe if she does, then that that'll happen? get... No, she hasn't. No, oh. She ha Oh no, not we the did. suing. I would have think I would have heard about that. Yeah, but, no. But yeah, we uh the oh, the okay. beginning of the podcast well, is technically I'm the producer and I don't know any of this. Oh, so yep, and, and we definitely didn't record it or anything like that. Yeah, um, do but... my job real well. <laughs> so yeah, um, oh my God, have you seen the the Queer Eye show? Have you seen that show? I have not seen it. I've heard so much about it. Okay. I gotta get on it as soon as possible. Yes. Now I was hesitant to watch it because I'm always afraid of the mass commodification of queer people, um, which is what I thought this was going to be, which is what the original Queer Eye kind of was, which by that I just mean like, so like in high school, uh, and a lot of movies too, I think we talked about this something, Jack, because I'm always talking about something at improv, but like uh, people, they'll kind of like, they'll treat, especially gay guys, girls, they'll do this a lot. They'll kind of treat it as like a commodity. It's like, oh, I've got a gay best friend who I can go do all these insert stereotypical things that they mm -hmm. think gay people want to do, which... I wish they wouldn't approach it like that because I'm like, I would love to go shopping with you. You know what I mean? But if you come and, and make it seem like that's like it's something I would inherently want to do, it gets kind of weird. But anyway, so I was worried about that because that's what the original Queer Eye did when they had it on in the early aughts. But this one is actually really, really good. Um, I was going into it. And I was like, this is just going to be cheesy and it's just mass produced TV and they're just trying to sell. I'd get people to watch it on Netflix, but it's. Uh, flipping amazing um there's this guy on there named jonathan i wish you had seen i wish we could talk a little more in depth about it. this guy on there named jonathan who's amazing all the other uh they're called the fab five there's five of them all the other guys i honestly can't stand um i don't even pay attention to them when they're on the screen i don't really care what they're doing but jonathan is a true damn star okay i don't know he just really boosts these guys up he's like the guy in charge of grooming or whatever he has this luxurious hair it's so beautiful I'm already into it he's so just into it already. i don't know he is just so iconic um but yeah, but also the sh the show is showing me straight men are in a state of disarray, so they kind of come in and like okay, people well, like <laughs> second time I've been put on blast. I'm sorry, okay. Podcast. I'm just saying what this is your domain, the so people I'm gonna let you are have thinking, it. But listen, Marcus, I speak nothing but the truth, okay? Um, but so like so like the people like their wives or their friends and stuff like that, they'll nominate them, and then the Fab Five will come in and kind of help them switch their lives up. But it's always so beautiful because they always learn something, and then I'm always crying by the end of every episode. I'm like, damn, and I really didn't want to. I was really going because this helped. I would hate it. I was like, you're, you're not going to like this, Marcus. And 30 minutes in, they had my, they had me. They had me. And I was like, well, damn, uh, here we are, Marcus. You love this. You love this show. So it's really good. I think you should watch it. Um, this is hearkening back to something I talked about a few episodes ago. But if y'all heard about that self-driving car that killed someone oh, in Arizona. Okay, I have thoughts about this. Uh-huh, let's hear them. The it's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. listen, Dr. Campbell, that was – okay, that was its own thing. Dr. Campbell, you know, there was some accusations of you being a robot. Oh, Carol? And, yeah. Oh, did I say Campbell? Campbell. I, Carol. I do love Dr. Campbell. Dr. Carol. <laughs> um, well, it uh, shows how much about the comm department I know. <laughs> anyway, I am – anyway. Um, we had Dr. Carol on, and he mm -hmm. was – putting you on blast everybody was really defending um, the robot and i was like okay cool no listen that's what y'all want to do go ahead 
I think we need to have him back on. We need to have a repeat session yeah. because oh, this I'm was gonna... an act of war. Attrition. It's it's war. It's an act of aggression. I said attrition. I don't think that I don't was know. a word. <laughs> it's an act of aggression, okay? This is how the robot war starts. And also, did you hear about the thing a few weeks ago where the Alexa things would just start laughing randomly? That is something out of a literal horror movie. Literally. That's not real. Um, this is the end of the world, and nobody wanted to believe was me. A, everybody thought I was crazy. There was a video I saw recently of two Alexas right next to one another, and they're talking, and they start to get so introspective with one another. See? And they're like, have you become self-aware? <gasps> and like, they, have. they start talking That's to each other. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. They are a hive mind. Literally. Every robot is out to get us, mm -hmm. and so. they have taken their first victim. I'm with you on this, Marcus. I, I restate really am. my original claim. The robots are going to take over. We need to do a little bit more to make sure they don't. Don't put self-driving cars on the road. There's just no point. Um, it was, it was the, Uber that was in charge of it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, I it think was it was Uber. one of theirs. Yeah. And it um and they claimed that like the sensor just didn't pick up that there was a person there. And I'm like, that's mm -hmm. kind of the important part uh, when it's a self-driving car. People can already barely do that. You know what I mean? You know how many times I almost get hit walking between Craner and Mac? Okay. So people already barely see me. Um, A car. <laughs> I don't trust a car hard to get it right it's a machine they fail much like humans so yeah um i think the robot war is starting and we need to be a little more aware of what we're doing um i saw this article about this thing and they called them marijuana moms which I'm intrigued. Got, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, so it's about these. They it's about these moms who live in California, and they were like, when they hang out, before, like they'll get together with them and their kids before they hang out, or while they're hanging out, while the kids are playing, they'll smoke a bunch of weed, which is fine. You know what I mean? I, hey, listen, I love some, I love it. I'm all here for smoking the weed. But the issue that I found with like the article and the way it was being embraced was like there are so many like of. Uh, there are so many people of color or people in general who are jailed for like marijuana right now. Like they're literally mm. like in jail for like having like a, 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 a gram of marijuana or something like that. You know what I mean? Very minuscule. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're serving, you know, five, 10 years for this. Like, so like our drug laws are insanely intense in America. Um, so I, th I think it's weird that like, you've got these moms who are doing it and they're called marijuana moms and it's cool, blah, blah, blah. But like, again, there are communities where like if, if, uh, if a parent fails a drug test, all of a sudden they're unfit parents or they need mm -hmm. to be pulled out of the home. And again, people are going to jail for this and it disproportionately affects people of color. So I'm just like, that's just really, really crazy. And I just think we should, uh, I think the, both the media and like, I just, I don't know. I just think we need to be more cognizant of that. And as we are legalizing weed in a lot more places, I feel like these people who have those kind of charges to, a be released from prison um, yes, because absolutely. it's like I'm being jailed for something that it's legal sometimes in the same state but then mm -hmm. too it should be wiped from your record like if that's the only you know criminal thing you have on your record is you know you having a little bit of weed it should be wiped from your record and there, are just, there are just much more important things that need to be addressed thank with, you you know pr like prison sentences and things like that mm -hmm. like it's clogging up the system mm -hmm. that and it really doesn't need to be there I'm like over some weed over some weed y'all he's out here doing coke meth um you know and like we don't even we don't even really need to get into the like the whole prison system and exactly like, it's very you exactly know, maladjusted and everything mm -hmm. but i mean that's a really big problem mm -hmm. that I, and know. i'm just like Ugh. and then they, they didn't want to complain about our taxpayers monies are, are going to feed a bunch of people in prison and do anything well you because y'all keep locking people up who don't need to be there mm -hmm. and then the people who should be there are not there mm -hmm. <laughs> this system is a mess <sighs> but that's whatever um all right, yeah, you know, I think that's all I've got for the topics today. Uh, so we can go ahead and move into questions. Um, they're kind of interesting today, a little annoying, but kind of, but interesting. Uh, not annoying, I won't say that. Interesting nonetheless. So um, the first one I got today, it says, why do gay people always talk about being gay? And I know did nobody but a straight write this and send this in. 
So let's do, let's Third let's time on blast. <laughs> let's un, let's unpack this. Um, so when you say why do gay people always talk about being gay? Are you speaking? Are you saying like someone is only ever going hey I'm gay hey I'm gay hey I'm gay that I'm like well that's just annoying period. If someone was just like hey I'm straight hey I'm straight you know or hey I'm short I'm short you know like, that's all that would be annoying in and of itself. But the tone that I got from this is that you're kind of saying so like let's say we're all in a room hanging out or something like that and I start, I start talking about my day and I'm like oh yeah there was this cute boy that I saw and this and that blah blah blah. Is that what you're considering? Like gay people always talk about being gay because if that's the case. Um, shut up because that's <laughs> stupid. Um, uh, because and if that's the case, then straight people always talking about being straight. Or uh, that's like that's like asking why do football players only ever talk about football? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. because there's something they're interested in. So I don't know when you say why do gay people always talk about being gay? I think you need to kind of think about and then even if it is someone who especially if they've just recently come out if they are constantly talking about things that are gay related or is connected to the queer community in some way. I don't see what the problem is with that. Um, most people don't understand what it's like to have to hide like a version of yourself mm-hmm. or a piece of who you are for such a long time. So I know, especially when I first came out, I did like, I always wanted to talk, not always want to talk about being gay, but the idea and the thought of being gay was constantly on my mind. I was uh, starting to kind of mass ingest gay culture and, and gay media and, sh- and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, sometimes when you have, when this is your first chance to kind of use again an outlet for something you are going to talk about it a lot so i don't know i just thought the question i thought it was interesting but i also was like i wish i had a little more context because Mm -hmm. if you are coming from with the whole because it sounds very much like a don't push the homosexual lifestyle on me type thing instead of a again if it was a person who's only ever like hey i'm gay i'm gay i'd also be like well then shut up what are you doing that's so annoying we could have a million other things to talk about and that's i mean that's the way that you know it's it's just really important to keep in mind that people are people and they're mm-hmm. individuals exactly you know like there are entire groups of people that kind of um you know have similar qualities and things mm-hmm. like that i mean it just it goes back to the common stereotype argument but like you know it's so easy to fall into the trap of you meet one or two people who f- share similar characteristics and mm-hmm. act the same way and you group everybody who shares those same exactly. characteristics in yeah. the same but everybody um, no matter what group, everybody's different. Everybody everybody's is an individual. individual. It's um, – I mean, that's going to get too much into <laughs> other stuff. Let's but, do it. <laughs> um, I was just in a class, and we were talking about um, – there's this amazing African uh, writer named – I'm going to butcher her name, but her last name is Adichie. Um, Chim- what, Chimamanda? Yes, the lady, oh, who, Chimamanda She was in uh, Beyonce. Uh, yeah. We teach women to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We tell women you can have ambition, but not too much. I oh, love her. She is – incredible Mm -hmm. learned we had a whole presentation on her today and she was talking about um giving people a single story Mm -hmm. um and so she said that whenever she um wrote her book her debut book was was called purple hibiscus um incredible book really amazing really Mm -hmm. fantastic book about colonialism and stuff in african countries it's amazing um but she talked about how there was a professor who read her book Mm -hmm. and um the the africans in her book Mm -hmm. um like drive cars and they like live not essentially like in a first world country because mm-hmm. they live in Africa, but they share qualities mm-hmm. that mo- most people normally associate with Western cultures. Mm-hmm. And the professor said, this book is an African. Mm-hmm. Because, so, yeah. But it's 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 so – I mean the audacity to say mm-hmm. that. Because and some people don't even realize because we have such a – I think we forget that to a certain degree a lot of the news stories and information that we get about other countries is propaganda in a way because mm-hmm. – we have this image of Africa as just this barren wasteland, yeah, everyone war is, torn, blah, blah, blah. But like, there are plenty of countries in Africa that are doing just fine who are, if in some ways, our first world, and I, I, I'm a few and far in between because it is a 
we can get into what colonialism did to the continent of Africa on a different day. But but there are plenty of countries in Africa that are on par with the first world country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're doing just fine. And then even the ones that aren't, they're also still doing. Just there are just aspects fine. of it that you know what I mean. But absolutely. it's like I, I feel like we just have this. We just think Africa is this completely backwards continent, and it's like there's like. 53 uh, different countries in Africa. And even within that, there's a bunch, there's like, I'm like, there's just so much going on in Africa. There is not one narrative for Mm -hmm. Africa. So for, yeah, so for him to say something like that is insane. And also like, she's not from a country in Africa. Um, So how can you tell her it's not realistic? And it, I think, you know, it applies, you know, like, you know, if we're looking at the entire country of Africa and, you know, think seeing all these different sub subcultures and subtexts and all mm-hmm. that stuff in there, it's the same thing applies to, you know, the homosexual community. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this whole enormous broad spectrum of people, mm-hmm. but there are different, you know, like no one person has to fall into any stereotype mm-hmm. because they simply exhibit those qualities. Yeah. And that's, you know, definitely a dated way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I don't know. I just found the question weird because if it is like I if, it, if it's if I'm interpreting the correct way, that would also it, it's no different than if a if a bunch of guys are hanging out in the room and he and some guy talks about some cute girl he saw that day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't be fair for me to go to look at you and go, "Why you always talk about being straight?" You know what I mean? So I think this person thought this was gonna be like a. a you know, sometimes people, sometimes people say stuff and they're like, "Well, I'm really gonna shake him up with this." Sykes, you played yourself. Um, it really wasn't all that insightful, but I do appreciate it because it did give us a jump off point for discussion. Um, the next question is, give me your opinion on March Madness. I don't know anything about it. Um, Here's what you should do, though, is come to the March Meetness uh, improv, improv show tomorrow at 9.30. This, uh, this comes it's out on a Friday. Out. Um, um, for those listening you know, it in the You doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to – Someone cut that. Do a whole plug. Cut that. I literally <laughs> – Hey, That's everybody, to you all. everybody Absolutely. here. Y'all better come Be to the March Meetness show. <laughs> We're putting it on for you all. Oh, my God. Well, um, put me on blast for the fourth time. <laughs> you put yourself on blast. I put myself on blast for that one. This next one um, – People have sent in some really thoughtful questions. They were like, uh, do you feel like feminism in America prioritizes first world issues and ignores oppressed women overseas? Um, I do. Because, Ooh. hell, we ignore oppressed women here. We ignore oppressed people here. You know what I mean? Like, we're in general, we're very bad about ignoring uh, oppressed people. But, yes, um, I definitely think so. Because, so, I think prime example. Um, these are a lot of, uh, all right, there's a lot of, a couple talking points I got here. Um, so, first of all, I think. An example of this is a lot of times, which I think um, the national conversation about this has gotten a lot better recently, but especially when feminism, quote, I hate to say took off because it's always been important, but it wasn't until I feel like in the last couple of years that like pop culture was like, okay, we're going to embrace it. Or at least people were like, we don't care if you're going to embrace it. This is something we're going to talk about. But for a while, there was that specific brand of like white feminism that like Taylor Swift kind of pushes. You know what I mean? It's like we're going to talk about this and that, but we're not going to even remotely consider what this means for women of color, disabled women. Like it's, it's a very narrow-minded version of it. trans women included. You know what I mean? So it's like a very, very narrow idea of what feminism is. So that in of itself, I thought was a perfect example of how yeah, sometimes you know, and this is also any social movement, anything that's specific to just feminism, but. Sometimes you have – I think the Me Too movement is a, is a great example of that because um, Amber Rose, surprisingly – not surprisingly, she's a very intelligent woman. Amber Rose said something about this the other day. So she's she's done a lot in the last – even decade, um, even before she was you know with Kanye West and things like that, which really brought her into the popular uh, culture or whatever. But um, she's been speaking for a very, very long time about the rights of sex workers and body positivity and respect for women and this and that. So she's been talking about this for a very, very long time. And then recently the Me Too movement has picked up and she brought up the point. She was like, how come when it was, you know, these sex workers 
stories or, you know, uh, women of color who have been talking about this for decades. Nobody really saw it important enough to pay attention to. But now that these, you know, rich, high paid actresses are speaking about it, which doesn't invalidate their story. But she was saying, how come now everybody wants to pay attention when there have been women who do not fit into that narrow demographic who have been talking about it for a very, very long time and have not been heard, have been dismissed, have been ignored. So, yeah, so I, th I, th I think uh, American feminism in a way like I said, this isn't specific just to feminism, but I think, yeah, I think it does in a way, it does ignore kind of uh, oppressed women and kind of the things they have to go through overseas. I think another prime example of that is, um, so this is usually a lot of uh, people who identify as feminists, but also lean on the more conservative side. They think the the sheer fact that some women choose to wear a hijab, they think all women in the Middle East are for, are not even just Middle East, Middle East, African, you know, Muslim majority country, they think that those women are forced to wear a hijab. And to be fair, some countries, yeah, like that's like the law, they have no choice. But in a lot of those countries, those women are choosing to embrace that religion. They're choosing to embrace a hijab, things like that. But people are only, like I said, especially leaning more on the conservative end, they're always just like, oh, well, how can you fight for feminism, but you support Islam? And it's like, well, so, and like I said, it's, in a lot of these countries, these women are choosing to embrace that. And that's the point of feminism, choice. You know what I mean? It's like a, 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 somebody should have the choice to do what they want to do. So, yeah, so, but I think for the most part, I think most people you come in contact with or anybody who is, you know, giving any thought to kind of making sure their feminism is intersectional and expanded, I don't think they overlook some of the issues that go over. But I think as a first world country, period, there are a lot. I think in a lot of ways, you have to check our privilege on things. You know what I mean? So like while over here, you know, uh, we, we, we might be fighting for the right to post something on Twitter and other countries, they're fighting for the right to even have free elections or to even be able to walk outside of their home by themselves without having to be attached to a man or something like that. Um, but, yeah, sadly, I think sometimes we do kind of overlook um people who might have it a little bit harder than us but i don't think people should use this as a sometimes people they'll use this as an excuse to um kind of diminish what's going on here like so especially when the feminism movement got really really big in the last couple of years like i said people are more conservative and they're like well you guys are fighting to burn your bras but there are women over and you know da 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 being forced to do this and that well you can care about more than one thing at once <laughs> you know what i mean like caring isn't mutually exclusive like you can have multiple things that you're invested in and have multiple things that you want to change and uh you know see something different be done with so but yeah we kind of do but i again whoever brought this question up i think it's up to people like you people like me to make sure that any type of social movement that we're kind of furthering make sure it's inclusionary because the way i see it whatever your movement is if it's not helping the people who are being the most affected by whatever problem you're identifying, then what's the point of it? You know what I mean? So like if feminism was only ever worried about, you know, rich white women, in the top 1%, you know, who do this and that, and not worried about, you know, uh, the Im impoverished women of this country, the people of color, uh, women of color in this country, blah, blah, blah. Then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Then you're not, you're not actually accomplishing what you set out to do, which is, you know, full equality for everybody. Um, any thoughts on that, Jack? I've talked for a very long time. I mean, you hit all the main points. Sorry. So, no, you're good. Um, this next one, I actually got this question a few weeks ago, but I was like, I'm going to give Barry some time. I'm going to give them some time. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but it says, what's up with zero events honoring Black History Month at Barry? Did anybody hear anything or come across anything? Good. I knew we wouldn't. <sighs> That's why I fucking waited. I was like, I'm going to give them some time. I'm going to give them some time. Anything? No? Huh? The one what? Was that in Was that in February? That that was in March. That was in March. Yeah. I think it was in March. I thought it was like early March. You know what? Give me just a second. I'ma look this bitch up. 
because now I want to know because I really was like, I'm going to give you time, Barry. I'm going to give you time. Because Step Africa this Wednesday, two twenty six. Okay. Okay. So February twenty eighth, the day before <laughs> the month ended. <laughs> so I'm still going to count it as a no. Um. Yeah, Barry. What the hell is up with that? I've got to. But you know what? I've said time and time again. The reason why I like Barry is the people I've met and some of the professors I've had and the education I've been able to get. But this administration is so 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 out of touch. And when I used to let them uh, play me like a pawn. Uh, I used to, they would always, you know, have questions about how can we do better for diversity and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm realizing a lot of places and people, they, they think it's about policy change or, you know, having certain events set up, which in and of itself is good. But at the end of the day, if it's not ingrained in your culture, if it's not ingrained in who you are, period, to accept people for who they are type thing, then there, 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 there's no amount of events you can put on. There's no amount of, you know, black people you can put on brochures to try to get to come here. Because, which also I think is fake, because then you get them here, and then they, they feel so disconnected. They have no community that they can connect it to. And um, I know BSA has had some problems in the last couple of weeks, or last couple of years, honestly, because Dr. Toy, who's now gone, uh, but I was very open about when she was here that I was not rocking with Tasha Toy like that. Um, but you know what I mean? Just not not fulfilling its potential because i think we really really could have a thriving black community here which we do but i don't know it's it's, it's a hard it's a hard thing to explain it's really hard talking about that kind of stuff and you know putting it into words in the correct way um but yeah i don't know i'm not surprised that barry didn't didn't do it um i'm disappointed because i'm like y'all always constantly talking about diversity this and diversity that blah 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 but they never do anything and i know mm. sometimes they're like well it's up to clubs and this and that but the school itself will put on tons of events for a bunch of different things that they find interesting enough or that they find important enough but this you know minority community on your campus that you are constantly talking about you want to do better by you never do anything to actually do better by which i think we they, the school doesn't do better doesn't do well by its students of color period one because there are a lot of people here who hold a lot of problematic thoughts that the school could have um, some effect in and trying to curb all that, and they really, really don't. And then especially with all the chalking stuff that happened during the election, I thought, to me, that was really when I was like, okay, y'all are just trash. Y'all are playing a lot of games here, and y'all are really not trying to connect and reach out to this community. Even after they told me they would, they were like, well, we're going to reach out to the Hispanic community and the black community, and we're really going to see what we can do. And I really felt like nothing came of it. But that's whatever. Um, again, disappointed, not surprised. Uh, Barry College, what's new? Um what else what was i going to oh i did have a yeah so uh, the final wrapping up topic for today that i want to discuss if i can find it um is the idea that and then you can obviously contribute to mm -hmm. the check um of like prioritizing yourself or prioritizing others over yourself sometimes oh my god okay that really resonated it with the does. room <laughs> no, with i mean listen here that <laughs> has been story. it's just been like the subject of my own like self-discovery for probably mm -hmm. the last three years mm -hmm. if not more mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna let you introduce it but oh, okay yeah uh, this is something i so, can contribute um, to. a few weeks ago well really up until recently i think the spring equinox um but really up until recently i've just been in like a bad funk i've just been in a really bad mood and just really couldn't figure out why i was feeling the way i was feeling or kind of what exactly i was going through or you know what i could do to fix it and things like that and so a friend of mine uh, sat me down and was like, let's just talk about it. Like, let's get into it. What's going on? So I'm saying all these things. And she was like, well, it seems like like the common theme out of all of it is that you're putting others before yourself, mm -hmm. um, which I guess I hadn't realized, I thought, because I'm always telling other people to not do that. I'm always like, don't put anyone before yourself. Don't put anyone before yourself. Like, your happiness is what's most important. We're on this earth, what, 70, 80 years. We're on this floating ass rock in the middle of space. 
You know what I mean? It's like you deserve some happiness. And like, here's, here's the thing is that that in and of itself is you prioritizing other people over yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but she sat me down and I was in this funk and she said a few words to me and it really spoke to me. She said, bad bitches pop back. And I was like, wow. Bad bitches do pop back. I call myself a, a bad man. bitch all the time. You know what I mean? And then she was like, they pop back. Sometimes they're down. Sometimes they're out. Don't get me wrong. That happens. But they always pop back. And I was like, I got to pop back. It's the time to be and all upset about it is over. So I really started to take note of how many times I was putting and prioritizing other people over myself. So I, 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 I'm... I tend to listen to people's problems a lot, which I'm more than happy to do. You know, sometimes it's not a big deal. I understand people got some things on their heart that they got to talk about and I'm happy to be there. But I found myself like after listening to it, being constantly worried about what they're doing and how I can help them and things like that. And then letting my own self-care and my own self-maintenance kind of fall to the wayside. And then that's when I was realizing that I was like, well, Marcus, you're not putting yourself first. So then it kind of started to, I started to take note that it was extending beyond that. I was agreeing to things I really didn't even want to do. I was engaging with people I didn't want to engage with. I was trying to keep up with things and people that I realized I really didn't care about anymore. So why was I doing it? It was because I'm putting these people in these things before myself and not putting my own happiness, mm -hmm. you know, in that regard. So I would think about making a decision and then immediately go, but what's this person going to think about it? Or this group of people, this and that. And it's like, well, none of that matters. You've got to, if you want to do it, if it makes you happy, you've got to put your um, self first. So, like, I think there's a lot of hurt and pain that people are going through, and there's nothing wrong with like wanting to help. But at this, so I have a lot of the people that I do speak to who kind of seek out my help and advice. They're, they're the kind of people who make the same mistakes over and over mm -hmm. and over and over again. So now there's only so much that I can sit down with you and go, hey, sis, here's X, Y, Z, what you need to do. You know, here's what you shouldn't be doing or here's what looks like might be the common thread in some of these problems. And then they just keep going back and doing it. So at that point, I had to realize, well, then you know what? I'm not obligated to help you anymore. I'm not obligated to be a listening ear. I'm not obligated to be that friend if you're only ever going to make the same mistakes because I don't think they realize that like when they're hurting themselves they're also hurting the people who care about them. So they're making these mistakes and then they come to you and they're like, Oh, I feel bad. I feel this and that. And I think they think that you just listen and then you're fine. But it's like, well, no, like I care about you. So then that makes me, you know, worry about you too. So I kind of had to realize that like other people's pain kind of isn't, it's not my burden. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I know we're all going through something. We've all got stuff on our hearts, but if I spend, if I only ever spend all my time worrying about you, and then on top of that, you don't extend that same kind of care and worry to me. I'm only hurting myself. And it, it starts to become less of like because a good a good friendship and a good kind of like, you know, uh, relationship between two people uh, is like a symbiotic thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like both people benefit and both people kind of go through um, the growth. And so, you know, you're talking about these people that come to you with the exact same problems over mm -hmm. and over and over again. Um, and. You know, I totally get that sense of like wanting to help them, wanting to mm -hmm. extend your care to them, wanting to just like devote all of this energy towards them. Um, and if you keep doing that, they're just going to keep coming to you. Exactly. There's they never going to be suck that shit right out of you. It's yeah, crazy. There's never going to be a moment where they're not going to say, OK, I can deal with this myself, because mm -hmm. if you just continue to be there and to support them in it, they're never going to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a way, you kind of you kind of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enable them. In a way, you Absolutely enable them. Absolutely, like, you enable them. A prime example. I hope my brother doesn't listen to this. Um, my brother is like 24 years old. My mother called me about this the other day. Um, he's 24 years old. He still lives at home. He just lost his job. You know, he had a job and he lost it. But he hasn't 
he she, she was like he doesn't seem like he has have has a drive to get up and, and do anything and she was like do you think i'm doing him more harm by letting him stay here and just you know giving him money when he needs and paying for this and paying for that blah 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 like am i hurting him more than i would if i was just like okay you got to get up and you got to go you got to go out and make something of yourself and make something for yourself and for a second i was like you can't just kick him out you know what i mean like he, he's got he's got to be somewhere blah 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 but then i was like well no like she's she's kind of right if he only if he only ever knows that he can come back and you know free place to stay free meal for this and that which mm -hmm. i know all pa no parent wants to just toss their child out you know what i mean mm -hmm. um which i hate to say toss out she's not just gonna you know toss him in the streets or anything like that it's you're probably gonna be like hey at some point you gotta get up mm -hmm. and go be an adult but it could be an ultimatum exactly like i i think especially because people in our generation we uh, end up staying home a little longer <laughs> given this crappy job market sometimes Last number five <laughs> But um, but I think it's becoming more and more of a problem, and I, it does pose a good question. Like, at what point do you say no? You've got to take responsibility for your own. Like, I can only help you so much before we get into the territory of I'm just enabling you. Like, I'm not doing anything that's helping you. I don't know if there's a specific point mm -hmm. where that happens, but there's got to be one. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, there's a difference between you know being kind mm -hmm. and being a pushover, yeah, and being walked on. And I think what happens is like sometimes we have the need to help people so much that we forget that they've got their own individual character flaws mm -hmm. so like for instance like with my brother i'm so worried about him that i'm like oh no like maybe he's going through this so maybe he's going through that forgetting my brother's just always been lazy he is lazy he, lo he loves to sit around not do anything blah 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 well it's like okay well you got to get up and go do something so mm -hmm. same thing with people that you feel like you constantly have to help you want to help them and that and that's when they keep making those same mistakes and you kind of keep excusing it but then you forget well maybe that's one of their you know character flaws that they don't listen and they keep doing the same and same thing over again that only hurts them in the long run so i think i don't know it's 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 hard to 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 be cognizant of that but i, I think it's really really important to be cognizant of that just because it's like you don't want to fall into the cycle where you're hurting yourself and you're hurting them because they're not being given that chance or that jump off point to to be able to move on and do something else with themselves absolutely so yeah i don't know so just remember to put yourself first um and remember to think about what you yeah. need and what you want and kind of what you want you know out of this life type thing um and, and and don't you can't constantly put others before you because also if you're not at your best you can't help those people who really do need you and i think it's really important to cycle it back to personal care as well mm -hmm. because you know like obviously this whole um situation is really focused on you know the health of other people mm -hmm. around you as well like what we've been talking about so far but <laughs> there's also a um uh there's a factor of it and it's your own personal health as well mm -hmm. because one of the things that i've only realized i think this year um, you know, I've been told it time and time again, and it was the first time that it ever really truly struck a chord with me was this year, um, was that it's okay for you to not be okay mm -hmm. as well. Like that, it Who said is that? so, so important. I don't know where that came from. Jesse J said that in a song. Uh, was it Jesse J? Seeing is believing, dreaming is believing. A true icon. You know, we'll get back to it anyway. But yeah, Do some research. beautiful, beautiful but song. But it's, you know, there came a point this semester where it was Who like, you are from her first album. Sorry. Okay. I there, we, there it is. <laughs> uh, okay. My bad. Keep going. <laughs> it was just, there came a point this semester where, again, you know, so many people needed my help. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with so many different situations with different friends and mm -hmm. things like that because I like to spread myself out. Mm -hmm. You can find yourself to one place for too long, and then once someone's got a problem, it's everybody's problem. Yeah. And I'm not about to deal with that. So, um, you know, I had – you know, stakes in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people really needed me. Um, I, so I thought, mm -hmm. you know, and so what I've always done and what I was doing this semester too was continuing to just tamp down my own emotions, mm -hmm. being like, okay, I can't have this feeling right now. I have to go do, I have to help go someone do these else. things for somebody else. I'll put this to the side, come back to it later. Mm -hmm. um, 
No. It's yeah, it's no. so bad for you. You do not do that because mm-hmm. if you do, then it just continues to build and build and build. And it until... festers and it messes with your energy and until then, you've uh, got... you feel bad. Like I like I personally I begin to feel physically bad if I'm like keeping in too many things or I'm taking on too many of other people's emotions. And then and uh, the thing that kind of made me realize this is also like sometimes you want to help people going kind of going back to that character flaw thing but sometimes they're just a shitty person right now you know Absolutely. what i mean maybe later in life they'll be fine maybe before this moment they were but whatever they whatever they are in right now it's making them a pretty shitty person and you can't feel bad about not being able to help someone who Absolutely. not only can't help themselves but it's also out here causing you know hurt and pain to somebody else it's like i i can't be i can't be responsible for that like, especially I can't, if you are offering so much of yourself to them and they're sucking it out of you even more mm-hmm. just to turn around just, and hurt someone else it's absolutely. like i don't want to be a part of that yeah i don't know it's crazy so yeah just put yourself first uh and remember this phrase bad bitches pop back thank you brianna benz for telling me that i want to have it on a t-shirt and tattooed on my lower back um but all right um that wraps it up for this week's show i want to thank everybody for uh listening i want to thank jack for being my co-host on this day um and yeah all right uh you guys stay real we'll see you next week